Hello, hello. Welcome to the Rotten Horror Picture Show special edition. We were I'm sorry to keep doing this to you, but we were uh, we were going to talk about Martin this week, but then Amanda finished Twin Peaks the Return. I did it. And so we decided to do uh, an, an extra special episode where we just kind of <laughs> talk about that a little bit um, and how it how it how it connects to Firewalk with me a little bit coming off that one and just a general general just some general Twin Peaks chat. Yeah. Um, yeah. My name is Clay. With me as always is Amanda. Amanda, how are you doing? I am a log lady now. You are a log lady now. Yeah. I am a giant teapot. <laughs> Possibly <laughs> coffee percolator. The uncertainty with which you said that is my favorite thing about you saying that. <laughs> Just <laughs> the facial expression that went along with it. Like, eh? I, eh? You know, one yeah. thing I can say, unlike last time, yeah. I think we're going to talk about Judy today. I think we're going to get to Jude. Yes. Uh, yeah. So Twin Peaks, The Return, season three of Twin Peaks. Um, what 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 was your your just your uh, what's your take on it? Did you enjoy it? Mm-hmm. Um, did it uh, satisfy your ultimately your Twin Peaks uh, itch that you needed to scratch? Do you think it was the best way to end the show? Or to and to wrap everything up. What? What? what how, how do you feel about it? So, I watched twelve episodes out of eighteen, and then I waited like four and a half years <laughs> 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 because uh, there's something wrong with me yeah. inside of my brain. <clears throat> um, and then I, I when we did Firewalk with me a couple weeks back, I started rewatching. Because I remembered the basic beats, but I wanted mm-hmm. to to kind of go back and 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 make sure I was like in it. I did. I didn't feel like it was good to wait four and a half years and then pick up at episode thirteen. Yeah. Um. And I do that all all the time with shows where it's like you start a show and then you're like, I I want to keep watching this, but do I need to watch? Do I need to go back and watch the first half of the season? And in Twin Peaks, you probably do. But. Yeah, for for this one, I de- I definitely felt like I needed to. And I I will say I don't know why I put it off for so long. Mm-hmm. I think it felt at first it felt like such an undertaking, and then I felt like I wasn't giving it enough attention. And then yeah. I think it was one of those things where it's almost like you don't want to finish it. Sure, like you don't want there to be no more new stuff for you to experience. Sure, we that's how. Um, actually my girlfriend felt when we were watching mm. through Buffy the Vampire Slayer because mm. she got she enjoyed the show so much that yeah. it was like towards the end we st- instead of watching an episode a night it was yeah. every couple nights you, and, you start know, s- stretching it out because yeah. yeah you don't you don't want to lose this thing um, well so I started doing a rewatch and I, I didn't I didn't finish my rewatch nearly in time for us to do Firewalk with me and then we did Firewalk with me and then, like a week later, on my uh, my 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 Hulu Showtime app, it was like <laughs> expiring Saturday, and I was like, "Well, fuck." <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing like a deadline to get me to actually do the shit that I keep saying I'm going to do. Yeah, uh, which is why I needed uh, a capstone advisor instead of doing a full thesis when I graduated my master's. I don't know what that means. Anyway. It just means you get a lot more hand-holding ah, because sure. you're uh, irresponsible and you procrastinate. <laughs> sure. Um, anyway, so I am actually in a weird way very, very glad mm. that I, I watched it the way I did. Okay. Um, 
I remember the first, when I was first watching through those first 12 episodes, some of them I really struggled. Some of them I really yeah. struggled through. There's parts of them sure. that feels they feel really slow and stretched out. This time, it didn't drag as much for me. Weird, right? Yeah. I had the same thing when and I went I back and watched a, it again. Yeah, and I had a way better grasp on like remembering who some of the side, the recurring yeah. kind of side and background characters were, um, which was really helpful because, you know, there, there's a ton of them and some of them you see once for, for three minutes and then never again. Right. And then some of them come back and, and, and are recurring and are very important, but you don't know that until episode 16. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really helpful and I think having just watched Firewalk with me and talked about talking about it with you also put me in the right frame of mind to sort of notice some of the some of the tie-ins and remember sure, some of the, some of the sure. things that had happened. So all of this is a very long way of saying I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Like I really really enjoyed it. I I think it's up there for me with some of my favorite episodes in the first season. Mm-hmm. And I really liked the ending. Yeah, me too. I, yeah. I thought it was a great way to to end it without ending it, which is yeah. kind of a very David Lynch thing yep. of like closure is a myth <laughs> right? <laughs> and yes. shouldn't exist yep. and things should not be wrapped up neatly with a bow because who want, who really wants that? Yeah, you nobody. Yeah. You know, once you get it, that's yeah. the whole thing behind the show is proved by, by yes. the show itself. Is yeah, once you yeah. Get, it's once become, you get the answer, it's disposable exactly it's become like a meta commentary on that and i i i really loved it yeah i you know i uh i think i like many people were were i was not expecting it to be so tied into firewalk with me yeah um but i'm glad that it was because you know i i really like firewalk with me Mm. i I, you know as, as i said on on that episode i prefer that vibe to yeah. the goofier stuff of the original show. Weren't you saying that Fire Walk With Me was the first like your it was, intro yes. to yeah. Yep. First first thing I first Twin Peaks thing I ever seen. Um and so I really liked the style of, of the return. Mm. Uh because it leaned more it was more hard edged. Uh but not just because it was hard edged, because like the violence and stuff I could take or leave. Yeah. But the return is just such unrestrained David Lynch. Yeah. It's like it, it the return seems to me like the the ultimate form of what Twin Peaks <laughs> should have been. Final form. Yeah. yeah. Where yeah. it's like you get every you get everything all of the David Lynch is in there. Yes. Um obviously it's him and Mark Frost wrote every episode but like yeah. it's it's so much more David Lynch in the return than it was on the original show. Yeah, and 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 depending on your opinion you know, some people really like the sort of like '80s soap opera vibe mm-hmm. of the first season and season two. Um, there's a lot less of that in yeah. in the return. Like, there's still there's still a little bit of it in there, but it felt more. It at once felt more David Lynch, but it also felt extremely modern to me. Yes, in a way that wasn't like trying really hard. Like, I'm not I'm not saying it felt like. It wasn't like of a time period modern because again, this came out in 2017. It's been five years. Yeah. 
which you know which you, is crazy to think about actually but. it's insane but you can watch some stuff from five years ago and it feels really dated already mm-hmm. and this didn't feel that way to me it still had some of that kind of like timeless david lynch world vibe to it but it it still felt more more modern in terms of tone in terms of like the way certain characters talked to and related to one another people have cell phones yep and nobody makes a huge like there's one running joke in it about lucy uh, right. having a hard time like when she talks to somebody on the phone she'll be like where are you and if they're on a cell phone and they show up somewhere else she she gets very freaked out mm-hmm. um, but other than that it's sort of like I, I was very impressed I guess I should say with the way that they brought the Twin Peaks world into the modern era yeah. without it, losing the character of Twin Peaks and it's got some stuff in it in that sense that is like not mo- it's modern but it's not actually like realistic yeah like uh the the number one thing that stands out to me is is um uh sheriff truman's computer oh yeah that, like, like comes rises up, up out, out of his of desk. desk like that's not something that people have generally yeah, no um no but at the same time maybe that's yeah maybe maybe there's some yeah. people out there who just have a have a real weird quirk and that's it what is they like. it is funny though to think that a place like the twin Peaks sheriff department has a flat screen computer that retracts into the desk yeah um you gotta keep that small town aesthetic yes yeah uh yeah you know i think the trick with the return is i think it does play Better's not the right word but you know you said you said it was a bit of a slog the first time through yeah and I think a lot of that is due to um, no one knew what it was going to be. Sure. And everybody watching it was so desperate for the next chapter. I mean, like he plays, David Lynch is playing you like a fiddle, basically. Oh, yeah. Uh, you don't get five minutes of a guy sweeping the floor. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if he doesn't know exactly what he's doing. Yeah, long, slow scenes of people sitting in cars and elevators yeah. and silently staring at glass boxes and big empty rooms yeah you know he he knows that what you want to see in the show is what happened to cooper yep um what has happened in 25 years yeah you uh, basically you want to see dale cooper right that's what people are coming for yeah you want to see cooper or pick your favorite couple characters choice you want to see what are they doing right now like if you loved norma you want to know, you know, is Norma still working at the diner? Is she and Ed finally together? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what you want to know. You don't want to know about, like, these two assholes in a van who've been sent to kill some guy. Right. Like, it's random, randomly Tim Roth and Jennifer Jason Lee. Yeah. Uh, they were but, great, by the way. Oh, yeah. They were awesome. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, you, you don't, you, you didn't know what this was going to be, and you were, and you were, you were desperate for the next part of the story. And so when you get this drawn out, uh, yeah. deliberate storytelling, it feels very frustrating. Yeah. And, and especially where this show, this season of it starts with early there, there in some of the early episodes, you do get like a glimpse of Cooper in the yeah, lodge. Right. Like yep. You get him in the lodge. There's lots of weird lodge stuff happening. Mm-hmm. And then you get the doppelganger. Yep. And maybe the doppelganger stuff isn't the stuff you've come to see, but it's it's mostly exciting stuff. It's like mm-hmm. 
violence and murder and assassination attempts and and all of that kind of like high drama so you get like a taste of that and then you know starting in episode like four with the exception of episode eight the one everyone talks about Mm -hmm. for the next like 10 parts it's kind of like lots of dougie stuff dougie love i so i know I think Dougie works so much better on the second watch. Yes. Um, yes. Because that's another one where it's like, you are dying to see what's going to happen. Yeah. Why are we spending so much time with fucking Dougie? Yes. But when you just allow yourself to enjoy Dougie, it gets so yeah. much better. You know, I realized on the second watch through that it wasn't Dougie himself that was bothering me. Mm-hmm. It really was the pace. Yeah. I, I just felt. Like, I was never going to get to the end. Right. And it's funny because I was saying at the top of this that that was part of the reason that stopped me from watching it, I think, was that subconsciously I didn't want to get to the end. Mm -hmm. But there's a difference between not wanting it to be over because you, you are so excited that it's here versus watching an episode. And the thing I realized about a lot of the Dougie parts is they are so slow. Yeah. It's not even that he's not fully Cooper or that you don't understand how this subplot ties in with the bigger plot. At least it wasn't for me. Mm. It was realizing that there are so many scenes where it's like him silently standing outside of a, of an office building, staring at a statue right? Yeah. or somebody trying to help him get through the door yeah. for like two and a half full minutes yes. or him standing in the elevator. And it's just like everybody dead silent standing in an elevator. Yeah. It's not even like, why are you showing me this guy or why isn't he Cooper yet? I just want him to be Cooper. It was more like, okay, Dougie, fine. Show me what's going on with Dougie. Like, that's fine. But like, why are you making me sit in this lobby right. <laughs> for so long before yeah. something happened? And yeah, I do I do think on, on even though I hadn't made it to the end. So I didn't know when he was going to kind of kick back into Cooper mode. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. And I still found it easier to watch. Yeah. Just because I think I knew like, okay, you're going to have to be patient and being patient is part of this. And there's other stuff along the way to kind of, for you to chew on and to keep you engaged. And yeah, I think it made it easier this time around Mm. to be like, oh, okay, I can, I can just enjoy these, these moments and these weird ass characters. Yeah. Yeah. I, one of the things that I do really like about it is, um, I, I think it is actually a pretty fairly straightforward story, even though it feels kind of disjointed. Yeah. J- given how much jumping around they do. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, I think there there's a lot going on, but I I don't think it's so. It what it does have is it has a lot of the um the things that feel like dead ends. Mm-hmm. And, and stray storyline elements. Yes. Um, which I think do... I don't even know if they detract from the story because I think that they are interesting enough that you just keep thinking about them. Like everything with Audrey. Yeah. Like Audrey's in it for like two episodes and the stuff with Audrey, I'm like, I what the fuck was that? Like what what is... is where is yeah. she? Like what plane does she exist on? Like it's it's just such an interesting bit that they put in there that is 
kind of an unresolved story element. Or, I mean, I'm sure if you asked David Lynch, he'd say, no, it's not unresolved. Yeah, Everything of you need not. to know is there. Yeah. I, I will say, and maybe I'm missing something with the Audrey subplot, but I love her so much. Mm-hmm. I love Audrey. Mm-hmm. She's, she's actually maybe my favorite character mm-hmm. in all of Twin Peaks. And so I, that, that was the one part of the return that actually disappointed me. It, yeah, she does kind of get short shrift. Yeah, I, I, I'm not against what, what he was doing, wh- what was being done with her exactly. Mm-hmm. I just guess I wish I had some more of her. Sure. And I, and I wish she was given more of a chance to sort of, because there's so much that has happened to her in the last 25 years. You mean like the actress? Or the character. The character, okay, you sure. know, like she, she's been. She got blown up, didn't she? Apparently not. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe. But like, you know, the, the, the sort of implication, if not, if it's not said outright, it's, there's, it's definitely heavily implied, is that Cooper went, evil Cooper, doppelganger. Oh, yes. Yeah. Went yeah. and raped her yeah. while she was maybe in a coma or something. And she's had a son. Right. I forgot about that. Yeah. And, and. She kept and and it's it's Richard Horn who's a, like a nightmare person in this in this show, but when when Richard finally meets the doppelganger, he says, "I recognize you. Mm. You're some FBI guy. My mother kept your picture in our house." So it's like she's she's still waiting for Cooper. Like like she's had this kid and she's got and he's a he's a psychopath because right, he's right. the spawn of the evil doppelganger. But she's still kind of waiting and yearning for Cooper. And, and I don't know. I just, I was always an Audrey and Cooper shipper. So yeah, yeah. It makes me, it just makes me sad because I think she was such a powerful character and like had such a force of personality in the show that the fact that what we get of her in the return is so limited just bummed me out. Yeah. I just wish I, I had more hints towards what was going on with her. I remember the last time that I watched through the show, the, the, um, Cooper and Audrey stuff felt a little bit weird to me because I was doing it the math is. and I was like, wait a minute, isn't she supposed to be like 16 yeah. and he's like 35? <laughs> no, it definitely is. I I think I was young enough when I first saw it yeah. that to me I was just like, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, sure. In, in TV and movies. Right. If she's 17 and he's supposed yeah. to be 27 or whatever, I was yeah. like, yeah, whatever. That sounds fine. <laughs> yeah. I totally understand in the re- in the real world. It's like no, it's it's good that they didn't put yes. the two of them together. Yes, one hundred percent. I mean, I say this as someone who the, the main romance of my favorite TV show is between a sixteen-year-old girl and yeah. a two hundred-year-old vampire. Yeah, exa- so. exactly, exactly. But he looks seventeen, <laughs> so no, it's he fine. Doesn't. No, he does not. He absolutely doesn't. <laughs> he did not, and he never looked has. like he was forty, and he's to his credit looked like he was forty ever since. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just never aged. That's the key. You got to yeah. Steve Martin it. Yeah, you just hit you look, where you're going to be, yep. and then you stay there for decades. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah. I uh, uh, the Audrey stuff I found interesting, if not confusing. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I do like about it is that it doesn't feel the need to. Like it touches on everybody more or less in, yeah. from the show, yeah. But it doesn't necessarily feel the need to make what they're doing a key part of the story, yeah. And that took me a couple episodes to get used to, mm-hmm. because so when I was watching when I first started it, 
the when they started doing the stuff with shit, uh, the doctor, uh, Doctor Jacoby, jo- Doctor Jacoby, yeah, or Doctor Amp, Doctor Amp. Will. <laughs> I, as I'm watching that stuff, I'm thinking like, okay, how is this? What is he doing? How is this work into the the rest of the story? You know, like what is the key? <clears throat> I don't play, know why this one play. in particular. The stood key out to me. is that you've got to shovel yourself out of the shit. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. Um, but it was one of those things where I was like, oh, this doesn't have to necessarily do with anything. It's just like yeah. this is the story of what is going on with Doctor Jacoby. Yeah, and Nadine. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 And so it like it it weaves its way through, mm-hmm. but it's not like what happens between Doctor Jacoby and Nadine is somehow going to influence. Uh, Cooper, Cooper and, and the Black and, Lodge, yeah, the, or what Sheriff Truman is doing. Yeah. It's like no, in a weird way, it's kind of just there to show that like Nadine, like it's it, it's a doorway into like where's Nadine at, mm-hmm. and how has she grown as a as a character and as a person, which then leads you to her at the end, sort of telling Ed, "I've been so selfish, yeah, and I I want to, I love you so much, I'm ready to let you go." Because, I'm sorry it took me this long. Because she's on her way to January 6th. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but she's very happy about it. Yeah. And yeah. then because of that, Big Ed and Norma finally get to be together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, which is a very cathartic moment. It if is. you're a fan of the original the original seasons. Yeah, and you get, I think it's, it's nice that you get little moments um, for everybody. Like, I think uh, what they do with Bobby Briggs is really I was, interesting. I was just going to say that I, I actually think... The Bobby stuff is so great. It is. It's it's one of those things though where it's like I think back again to Fire Walk with me. Uh-huh. Where it's like Bobby fucking killed a guy. <laughs> but Bobby was fucking horrified over it. That's true. He was, yeah. Like that that's the thing that's interesting to me. Like so I usually hate um shows where there's a high school component and there are high school bullies. Oh, like, sure. Stereotypical high school bullies. Yeah, they're always plots. In- incredibly unrealistic in the most recent season of stranger things when l gets bullied by that fucking girl i was just like all right we get it she's weird here's a bully Mm -hmm. children are horrible the end the only time i like it is when they do something unexpected with the bully like Mm -hmm. in um sex education there's Mm -hmm. adam who starts off best character in the show absolutely yeah Yeah. starts off as a huge bully has a crazy character evolution over time Mm mm-hmm I feel like Bobby is sort of the first version of that that I encountered. Sure. Okay. Where it's like he's kind of an asshole. I mean, he's very much an asshole and a bully when he's a kid. But even then, there was kind of something underneath it that, like, it, it his behavior, even in when I watched the first season, felt like bravado. Yeah. It felt like he was putting on a character and, and trying to be this person that he felt like, well, I'm just going to be this way. Which is a very teenage way to be, to like, you know, choose, to think you can choose who you are in that very specific, like, you know, I'm just going to act this way and then people are going to think I am cool or I am tough or whatever. It's like, deep down, you're maybe not. And most of the time, yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And I, and I just, I think the, the evolution is so interesting and I've always loved the Major Briggs character Mm. so to kind of see bobby in the third season kind of come to this like posthumous reconciliation with his dad is actually yeah Yeah. it's like actually a really beautiful thing because like in the first season before in the first season when you're first kind of meeting briggs and bobby and all of that 
you expect like, oh, he's got this tough military dad. Yeah. The tough military dad's going to be like, if you don't do what I say, boy, I'm going to wallop you. And instead he's like, now, Bobby, you know your mother and I love you very, very much. Mm-hmm. And like has these really sincere and like poignant conversations with Bobby at different times where he talks about how much he loves him and how much he just wants him to be happy. And Bobby's like kind of the stereotypical like teenage bully asshole in return. Right. Yeah. And so to see him kind of come full circle back to like, Oh no, like it's, you know, it was my dad and like he left these hints for me. Yeah. Like he knew I would one day become a better man. He knew I would make it out of that phase. He he had that much faith in me yeah. that he left this all resting on me. I thought that was really beautiful. Yeah, I do too. Um and I also I also like how uh everybody kind of gets like everybody kind of has their role to play in the story. Mm-hmm. Like even though the stories don't necessarily intertwine together, they all kind of have their piece that they have to play to move everything forward. Yeah. And, you know, Bobby gets his chance because he understands, oh, that thing, the thing that's going to lead them to the next piece is something that he recognizes because he used to do it with his dad. Yep. Um, which brings him and his father together. Yeah, I think that stuff is really nice. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think it's realistic the, to the, uh, uh, the way that they, the way that the show positions the characters as none of them are really super happy but none of them are like yeah. extremely de- like there's it feels realistic in the way that there's a little bit of everything going on yeah because you've got bobby who's a much better person now mm-hmm. but his daughter is really messed up yeah and you well, know, and he and shelly didn't make it right yeah you know, they split up yeah which you know Obviously, but <laughs> right, right. But at the same time, you can tell he's he's the sad dad about it, right? You yeah. know, we see Shelly with some other guy mm-hmm. during the during the season. Like she she's got a boyfriend, right? And Bobby doesn't have anyone. Yeah, yeah. You know, so he's kind of still, and he kind of still seems, you know, like he's he's sort of hoping maybe she'll pay attention to him again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, you get these 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 little looks into their lives that show you these different aspects. Like I think the stuff with uh, their daughter is, is pretty weird and intense. It's very intense. Yeah. Becky. Yeah. And her husband, Steve. And cause does she, I can't remember. Does she get mixed up with Richard Horn? No, no, not directly. I think it's, imp- well, and this is another thing that I think this season, this that it that it does well is that it kind of without telling you it shows you and it heavily implies mm. that Richard and a couple other figures around town are the ones running all these drugs through yes. Twin Peaks yeah. which is having a profound effect on the people who live there right similar right. to in the original two seasons Leo Johnson and, and, and Jacques Renault and all of that right, right. running drugs into Twin Peaks and yeah. how that was kind of affecting people. And so I think Becky and Steve, the main point of them, of that storyline is to show that like drugs are still a problem here. Right. Yes. And also <clears throat> to kind of show you where Shelly and Bobby and, and all of them are yeah. at. How yeah. did you, um, what did you think of the, uh, every, every episode ending with a musical performance? I loved it. I feel like that's David, David Lynch's dream. 
Uh, I mean, it's my dream. It, it was it was great. I mean, I can't... I think I think like seventy five percent of shows should end that way. Yeah, I mean, not all of them. I understand that in not? some cases it's not it's not appropriate, but like, perfect. I loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even the weird little vignettes you'd get in like five minutes beforehand, where it would be like two people sitting in a booth just being like, so I mean, like, what did Jacqueline want? Yeah. <laughs> Yes. I don't know. Well, one of them is like scratching a, yeah, a dripping yeah, sore or something. I don't something. know, Marsha. She wouldn't talk to me. Yeah. Well, look, Tiffany, don't be mad at me. I just want to know what Jacqueline wanted. Yeah. And it's like, none of these people are important. Nope. None of them are coming back. None of these names mean anything. But you are getting this like glimpse into this town yeah. as though it exists independently of the TV show. Yeah. I, I just think it's like the show has such... Um, balls isn't the right word but like it's just like cojones it's just it's taking the idea of a tv show and just like throwing the rules out the window yeah and just doing whatever they want like you know to get into episode eight mm-hmm. capital e capital e um th- you know you've got in that episode you've got like a 15 minute bit of story progression mm-hmm. then an entire performance from the nine inch nails yep referred to as the nine inch nails yes and then after that you've got this like art film about yeah. the first nuclear explosion yep and how it cracked open the space-time continuum or whatever and created judy which then birthed bob which then caused the firemen to create Laura Palmer as a balancing thing for Bob and and it ends right. with a weird reptilian insect crawling into somebody's mouth. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So And it's fucking awesome. No, it is. It's awesome. Slow, that's not slow even to mention motion the, uh, zoom into the nuclear detonation. Yeah, yeah, and that's not even to mention the God of Light sequence, which is <sighs> unbelievable. I that the poem that he like the verse I don't even know if it's a poem that he reads into oh, yeah. the into the radio I love that this is the water this is the well yeah. drink deep and descend yep the horse is the white of the eyes I'm impressed that you know this Harry. and the I don't remember the last part I know yeah. it because I did a commission a Twin Peaks commission Ooh. and part of the design I put into it, it was specifically of that scene mm-hmm. and part of the design i put into it was i i wrote that mm. as like a like a um like a texture in the background Ooh, like repeatedly nice so i wrote it i must have written <laughs> it like 50 times no wonder you have it memorized yeah yeah and it's also just i don't know it's just it's oh cool. it's awesome it's awesome yeah, yeah it's, it's it's similar to the mike monologue oh yeah 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 it means like i it mean, so- it, mean it, i mean it like it, it is, is like, like it, it sounds, sounds. yes yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's like, and I think an episode like that, which is on the surface, just like mind boggling, uh-huh. is actually giving you so much information. Yeah, about, which is I think part of what makes it mind boggling. Yeah, is that like you cannot watching that through once, even if you've watched everything else with lots of attention. Yeah, you can't internalize all of that immediately. Like it, it needs time. <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's the kind of thing where like, you know, um this show gives you a lot of answers. Mm-hmm. But I don't necessarily think it's it's in the way that people want. Sure. Like there are you've got an episode like that that basically tells you the entire origin of Bob. 
Yeah. And this entity known as Judy and all this, and even Laura Palmer to a certain extent, um, in a very literally non literal way. <laughs> um but it's not holding your hand at all. It's just leading right. you through the chain of events and yeah. you need to piece the stuff together for yourself. Yeah. And I think what happens in that episode is so fascinating to me when you compare it, when you see it through to the end, because, you know, you've got, the, and, you know, maybe this is too heady to get into, but you've got this. <laughs> when have we ever I said know, that? <laughs> you've got this, uh, the fireman, the yes. big giant guy. Yes. Um, essentially seemingly birthing this idea of Laura Palmer into the world Mm -hmm. as like this counterpoint to Bob. Yeah. And so when you get to the end of this, and as we talked about in Fire Walk With Me, Mm -hmm. part of the thing that makes it so interesting but also so sad is that Laura Palmer, at a certain point, understands that in order for things to happen, in Mm -hmm. order for Bob to be destroyed, she has to die. Yeah. And when you get to the end of this show, where Cooper actually goes back in time yep. and prevents Laura Palmer from getting killed, yep. the fallout of that is very interesting because yeah. what ends up happening, essentially, I mean, who's to say, interpret it how you will, is that you get this moment of... Um, <clears throat> Uh, it's like a very tranquil, peaceful moment where uh, the fisherman, whose name I don't remember, the guy who finds Laura Palmer's Pete party. Martell. Pete Martell. Pete Martell. Goes out and he just... Also known as Jack Nance. Also known as Eraserhead. <laughs> uh, uh, he goes out and he just goes fishing. Yeah. And like he, he never finds this body. Yeah. It's, it never... Laura Palmer was never killed. But at the same time, it also like collapses reality. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it makes like that version of the Twin Peaks world unsustainable to exist. Yeah. Like it, it, it's like removed a foundational pillar of that world. Yeah, and so then, so he, you know, Cooper saves her from from getting murdered, and then they're walking through the woods, and she disappears. Yeah, in like a it, with one of those weird. I don't know how to describe it. It's almost like a flapping sound mm. that happens a mm-hmm. few times, like repeatedly. Yeah. And then she's just gone. And then there comes the whole sequence where he and Diane have to drive 430 miles and then they cross some electrical grid. Right. And it catapults them into a, a different world. I, I guess. Maybe. Yeah. Potentially. Where they have different names. Um, Richard and Linda. Richard and Linda. Yeah. Yeah. But then he meets a different version of Laura, who's led a very different life, and then tries to take her home to Twin Peaks to, I don't know, fix what he broke? I Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> I Yeah, I, I, I don't really fully... That episode, I still... I want to, like, re- rewatch it sometime. That fi- So, that final mm-hmm. scene... Yes. Rob, like it gives me chills when I think about it. Yeah, and I think that final scene of the show is uh, David Lynch at his peak power. Yeah, where what he's actually showing you not really that weird, but the way that he presents it is so unnerving. Yes, like you know the way that he talks to the woman 
who's at the door where that woman is kind of reacting as though there's somebody off screen who's talking to her, Uh but you never see who it is. Yeah, you don't hear them either. You don't hear them. Yeah. And then just when they walk down, the way that Cooper has this moment where he's like, what year is this? Like, uh-huh. I don't even know what that uh, what that means, but right, it like freaks what, him out. What <clears throat> triggered him to ask that question? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then the final thing that you get in the show mm-hmm. is all the lights go off in the Palmer house and you yeah. get this very distant sound of Laura's mother calling for her from, from uh-huh. downstairs. And then, once again, proving she has the greatest scream in movie history. yep. yep. Cheryl Lee just belting it out one last time oh until everything God. shuts off. Yeah. And it's just, it's unbelievable. Yeah. No, and, it, and it's, and it's so, it's, it's like you're dealing in iconography all the time, mm-hmm. but you don't know what, in, in what tradition. Do you know? Sure. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? Where it's sort of like you were saying, like you're given all this information and we're giving, we're kind of given all the answers, but yeah. it's like, if you don't know what questions are being That's asked. That's the thing. Yes. Then you then you can be given all of all of the context, but it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and it's it it really goes to show you like watching this how this all plays out, how much David Lynch is right about the idea that having all the answers is mm-hmm. not going to make you feel better. Yeah. Because in episode the second to last episode, you get that scene very early on where Gordon just straight up explains what Judy is. Yes. And after you come away from that, you're like, he gives you everything. He tells you the whole thing. And then you're just kind of like, all right. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. I mean. So it's like an evil entity. Yeah. That makes evil stuff. Yeah. That people just, they call her Judy for some reason. Yeah. Used to be known as Jowday. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, it's fine. Like it's, it's exposition that answers some questions, but it's nowhere near as satisfying than, the way that they showed you the origin of Bob. Right. Or the way that they lead you into whatever the ending is here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of like, are we in the same world? Are we yeah. in the same world in a different timeline? Is is that time pre-Laura Palmer? Mm-hmm. Like, if, if, if Laura's family moves into that house in, say, 1985, is it 1980 and that's the problem? Yeah. Is it even, like like I was saying, has... has saving Laura Palmer from being killed caused the universe that Twin Peaks exists in to just collapse because right. she's the linchpin of the whole thing. Yeah. And so without her death, there's no Twin Peaks. Right. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I find, I love that that is, it is a moment that I feel like is on the surface so um Something that a lot of fans would probably love, the fact that, oh my God, Cooper gets to save Lara. Yeah, because that's, that's kind of what you wish for. Yeah, for I mean, it's whole... what Cooper wants. Yeah, you know, He wishes yeah. he could ki- save Lara. Yeah, I mean, he has a dream, like as we, as we see, he has a dream about her in Fire Walk With Me before he ever meets her. Right, yeah. And so he's immediately emotionally attached, like she's this young woman She's a good person, but she's troubled. She's going through all these horrible things and someone's going to kill her. Yeah. And I, I, I can't save her or I don't know how to save her. That's Cooper's whole arc, yeah. essentially. And I, I love the idea that maybe Cooper makes the wrong decision. Yeah. Because, again, on the surface, this seems like a great thing he's doing. Mm-hmm. But is he 
is ultimately what he's done, not the right decision. Right, especially where when when you look at the Twin Peaks that we have gotten to know over the course of the return, it's a troubled place. It's a place with like socioeconomic problems mm-hmm. and and drug issues. But overall, for a lot of our main characters, it it's okay. Yeah. You know, like they've all had like we were saying like Bobby's kind of become a better person. I didn't realize it uh, until I was looking up something online. But do you remember when Becky's husband, Steve, the drug addict, mm-hmm. tries to get a job? Do you remember? He, 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 yes. It's the first time we're introduced to him. And he's in an office and he's waiting in a, he's waiting sort of in a reception area. And this older man calls him says you know says on his intercom to his secretary send send in steven please and steve comes in and this guy is just like is this a joke like this resume doesn't make sense you filled out these forms completely wrong honestly i'm offended and and no one's gonna hire you if you behave this way Mm -hmm. like you need to get your shit together because this is this is ridiculous that's bobby's friend mike Right. I do. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah, I totally missed that the first time. But it's like he's become like a like a uh, he seems to have had a successful life. Bobby's had a pretty good life. Norma and Ed end up together. Nadine kind of comes into her own in her own way. Um, Lucy and Andy are happy together. They got a great son. They got a great son. Man. Wally Brando. Wally Brando. What a scene. But do you know what I mean? Like everybody like like everybody's kind of okay yeah for the most part yeah for the for yeah except for uh what's her name alicia witt she's pretty fucked up she uh the she was in the original help show me, she, me, in the original show she was a little girl she was somebody's uh-huh. i think she was i want to say she was donna's sister oh yeah 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 and she ends up with steve somehow yeah like, and they end up like, like cheating on yes and they end up Becky like in the her. woods yeah tweaking out on getting strung out on drugs or something yeah yeah but but that's but, unfortunate but, but like by and large <laughs> all of our main characters yeah are actually doing all right yeah and and part of that could be potentially attributed to laura having died like yeah. their lives would not have gone in the same direction maybe yeah. had had she not so or even existed right depending on how you Exa- exactly exactly um did you do you like the black lodge stuff that they do in this because they get they get like as much as they try to explain man they yeah. make up for it by giving you a whole bunch of new shit just yeah. like whether it's cooper's trip back uh mm-hmm. where he's in that weird castle with the lady with no eyes yes um or um, I love the arm, yes, evolving into this weird tree with the yeah brain on top of it or something. Yeah, um, uh, Philip Jeffries as a <sighs> giant percolator. Look, it's slippery in here. Yeah, like it's so. It's like <laughs> the the last two episodes of this. I just mm-hmm. I just love it. It's yeah. it's all the stuff that I love about Twin Peaks yeah. jacked up to eleven. Absolutely, and I find it very satisfying. I do too. I do too because it feels coherent. Yes. Like it feels like maybe I don't understand 
why everything is exactly the way it is or why it's included or, or what's happening. Yeah. But I can tell that there's intent behind it. Like, yeah. it's not being put out there just to be like, look how weird. You, you oh, know absolutely. what I mean? Like, Because yeah. that's kind of the accusation that I feel like David Lynch gets a lot, which is like, oh, he's just weird for the sake of being weird. It's not supposed to make sense. It's just supposed to seem like artsy and cool because mm-hmm. it's confusing. Yeah. And I don't think that's true. And I think in this last season, again, I'm not saying I understood half of what I watched. Mm-hmm but I could tell that there was intention behind it and that it did have meaning. Yeah. And even if I'm still puzzling out what that meaning is, it feels like worthwhile to yeah, dig into it. Especially when you get towards the end too, because you've got this, again, he's kind of taking a, a like the, the, the cliches of, of this crime drama and showing you like, this is what you think that you want, but it's ultimately fairly unsatisfying. Like what yeah. what happens before Cooper goes off and, and breaks the world is they defeat Bob yeah. by this like sequence where the guy with the weird rubber glove on. Yeah, the gardening punches. glove. Yeah, uh, Evil Dale comes in, uh, Bob comes out of him in like some weird video game thing, <laughs> and then the guy punches him and he explodes up. Bob's yeah. dead. Yeah, that's it. Cool. You know? <laughs> we beat him. We did it. Right. It's like yeah. it's like. What do you do now? Mission accomplished. Banner. That's what we do. Yeah. You, you defeat Bob, and 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 then what? You know, it's it's yeah. not. It's ultimately not that satisfying and right. not that interesting. You know, it's made interesting again by the fact that Cooper and Diane sort of jump ship to another reality. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. you had to abandon the one that the original Twin Peaks was in, almost because there was too much closure at that point. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about the, uh, the the crossover stuff with Firewalk With Me where you get to see what she screams at and, and all that kind of stuff? I mean, I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was great. I thought it was... It was such a great way to just like stitch it all together. Yeah. Yeah, and make those things that, again, I think sometimes get him accused of being weird just to be weird. And it's like, no, there was... There's like intent and meaning here. Yeah. Even yeah. though I obviously... I ha- I cannot imagine a world in which when they were making fire walk with me, oh, David no. Lynch is like, you're going to scream. And I know that what you're looking at is agent Cooper from the future. Like that, absolutely not. No, no, no. I'm, I'm sure in his mind, he was like, you're going to see something in yes. the woods. Yeah. That's so terrifying <laughs> that you have to let out this scream from deep inside yourself. Yes. And when they're like, well, what is the thing you see? I don't know yet. But maybe we'll find out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like even though I know it's a, a retcon, as as they say in comics. Yeah. Um, it doesn't bother me because it 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 feels so of the same piece and natural, and it actually yeah. makes me like Firewalk with me even more. Yeah. To to see it um, placed inside the 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 mythology of the show in a more mm-hmm. forceful and like permanent way yeah because it is kind of people do kind of look at it as sort of like this side yeah Yeah. weird oddity of like well it's not the show it's this Mm -hmm. kind of other thing Mm -hmm. so it's when you yeah do the new show and it's like no this is important yes this is yeah a lot of what's happening in this show links back to the movie i think it's i think it makes the movie uh, more again it's not an enjoyable movie to watch but i think it makes it, it it adds layers to it 
Right. Well, and it highlights how important that movie was. Yeah. And like how integral to the rest of the action and what eventually does happen. But also like, I, you know, with that thing, that moment in particular, I, th- I think it, it also highlights the value of leaving things ambiguous at times mm. and leaving things open-ended because you wouldn't get to have that great moment of, you know, 25 years later, 24 years later or whatever. Yeah. That great moment of catharsis of having waited for so long to find out what she saw. Yeah. And then to have that realization and kind of have that like mind blowing moment. You wouldn't get to have that if David Lynch made things that gave you full answers and closure to everything as it went. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it just highlights all over again the importance of, of, of leaving some of that ambiguity intact. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think that there is a certain, um, overall, there's a certain uh, bittersweetness to, to it now yeah. because even very shortly after the show, so many of the, the cast started to pass away. Yeah. Like Miguel Ferrer, I think, died I shortly know. after David. But I the the one big... I wish is that they could have gotten David Bowie to do the I voice know. of Philip Jeffries. I think he had like, I think he was either really sick already at that point or maybe had already died. I can't remember which one. Probably when they were filming <clears throat> it, he might have been really sick already. Yeah. I mean, the log lady, is, I know. she died shortly afterwards. Yeah, I mean, she, she looks terrible. She's obviously... I was going to say, I feel like that one was a little more like they kind of got her in right under the wire. Right. And, and on, I think and they knew it. Yeah. <laughs> which I mean, is why... A lot of the, the dialogue is like, I yeah. think her last scene is kind of like... She says, I'm a, dying. Yeah. And yeah. I think Hawk gives her like a really nice kind of sign off, I think, if I remember. Yeah. Or maybe it's... What's his name? Truman, it, I can't remember. It is Hawk. And he. Yeah. I think he says like... He says he says to her on the phone, "Good night, Margaret." And yeah. then after he hangs up, he says, "Goodbye, Margaret." Yeah. And then it's yeah. That one got me. That one. That one made me tear up. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta you love know, that log lady. <laughs> it's too bad. Um, what the hell's her name? Donna. Yeah. It's too bad she couldn't come in. It's too bad uh, Truman didn't want to come out of retirement to do it. Yeah. But you know, you you, you work with what you got. Yeah. Um. I, I'm I'm upset we don't learn what happened to uh, Chris Isaac's character. <laughs> what, what what happened to him? He would have done it. What's he doing? I mean, I'll see you again in 25 years, Club. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> that gum you like will come back in style. Yeah. I there are certain things that I I don't really like. Those are questions, but I don't really need. I don't yeah. really care that much. Like, yeah. I guess. Heather Graham is probably the biggest dangling thread, but even there, it's yeah. like eh, season season two. I don't really care. <laughs> yeah, that's the funny thing is it's it's so much of what I think about when I think about Twin Peaks is season one and Firewalk with Me, and now the r- return. Yeah, and so little of it is is season two. It's like the first yeah. five episodes or whatever, and then like the finale. Right, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, same. Yeah. But uh, yeah, um, we've almost done an hour on Twin Peaks. Uh, Whoops! I'm, I'm sure we could probably keep going. Absolutely, we barely talked about Joe Day. Oh, yeah, I said we were going to talk about Joe Day, and we ended up not talking about Judy. We talked about Judy a little, a little bit. bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, is there anything you wanted to uh, to end with before we wrap it up? Your thoughts on? Here's a question: mm. Do you want 
do you want more Twin Peaks or are you happy if this is the last thing they ever do? That's a difficult question. Yeah. Because I worry now if you tried to do more again, it would feel too close to a cash grab. Yeah. Do you know? Or, yeah. or like, like too many integral figures have been lost. And I feel like it would be it would be difficult. Like so many of the peripheral figures, the secondary main characters, mm. have kind of had these sort of moments where they they got closure, they got completion to their stories. So you wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to mess with how we left most of the the citizens of Twin Peaks. Yeah, I, I see the argument for wanting more of like Dale and Diane and wanting to know what what happened to Chris Isaac's character yeah. mm-hmm. and what's actually going on with Laura slash Carrie page in this new world. Like I understand the curiosity. I have that curiosity too, but I, I'm pretty content with where it's at. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think there's an argument to be made that you could, given the way it ends, they do kind of almost set up the option to continue as something new. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if I really want to see that, you know? Yeah, I, I honestly, I'm pretty fatigued <laughs> by sequels and, and oh, totally, prequels yeah. and remakes and reboots and franchises. Yeah. And this felt like true to the original intention mm-hmm. it, to me. And, and, and it almost felt like getting a redo for how season two of Twin Peaks was fucked. Yeah, yeah. Um. And so in that way, it felt deserved. It felt like long awaited and, and very earned. Mm. And I, I don't know if something else would after that. Yeah, I, I think that this is, um, frankly, kind of a miracle. Yeah. That it's A, as good as it is, mm-hmm. and B, um, exists at all. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so- I feel like we got really, really lucky in a weird way. Like... As much as I was literally just saying I'm fatigued by reboots and, and sequels and all and, and, and franchises, I can acknowledge how extremely lucky I am that we live in the era of all that stuff sure. because I think it's the only way we got oh, yeah. this, this yeah. season. It reminds me a bit of, um, I'm a big Led Zeppelin fan. Hmm. And uh, after they broke up in 1980. I almost made a Venture Brothers joke right there. I wouldn't have got it. <laughs> Damn you, Clay! <laughs> after they after they broke up in 1980, after John Bonham died, um, they kind of crossed paths here and there for like the kind of sort of reunion, like one off kind of thing. But it was never sure. really satisfying. It never really, never really scratched the itch. I don't think for anybody. And then about geez, ten years ago now, um, they did one show where mm. it was one concert, put everything they had into it, Led Zeppelin, one night only, fucking awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> it It's kind of the same thing to the, yeah. for me for this, where it's like they put everything they had into it. It's different because they're older now. Sure. Some things aren't going to sound like they sounded f- 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it definitely occupied the space it needed to occupy and they knocked yeah. it out of the park yeah and then after that everyone's like oh well this is so good 
when are they going to do more? Yeah. When are they going to do more? And they never did. And, and they I were think, like, no, no, no. I think <laughs> that, that they were it. smart enough, yeah. at least at least a couple of them, I don't know about all of them, yeah. were, were smart enough to realize like we did it once, yeah. we nailed it. Yeah. Let's just let that be the legacy. Yeah. If you can catch lightning in a bottle, <clears throat> it's, it's a rare thing to be able to do that. Yeah. So it's not often worth running the risk of trying to replicate that. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and it also, I think it takes the magic away. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, as much as I love Star Wars, mm-hmm. Star Wars, part of the reason why Star Wars was such the, the, the uh, held so much uh, water, uh, esteem. Yes. Is that it, it felt unfinished because yes. you get to the end of this trilogy and it's like, oh, well, did you know that there's more? Did you know yeah. that there's three other movies on either end that right. they have not come out? Right. Even so, the fact that it starts with part four. Right. Is like, you know, you're missing a huge chunk. Yeah. And now it's to the point where there's so much Star Wars. Yes. There's Star Wars television that is like bad. And and it's constant. (laughs) And like it wouldn't, it probably, even the stuff that that is regarded as bad probably would be seen in a better light if it weren't, if the market weren't so saturated. If that was all you were getting for Star Wars, was it was like, it's been 15 years, here's this one TV show that's seven episodes and three of them are good. You'd be like, well, those three good ones were really worth the wait. Right, yeah. Yeah. Like if it was, all we got was eight episodes of The Mandalorian every two years, that at least would be, still have a little bit of... uh, the anticipation and and yeah, rarefied air. Right, and so like... I think the, the the one great decision in, in retrospect that they actually made with season two of Twin Peaks is the way they ended it with mm-hmm. that cliffhanger. Yep. Because, again... It's the best ending to any about, season of any show. Yeah, <laughs> as we've talked about many times, uh, closure is for cowards. Yep. And yep. Closure is for quitters. Yes. And if that show had ended with any sort of finality, yeah. I don't think people talk about it for 25 years. Absolutely not. And yeah. so I think well, it's ending... like, like, you know, sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> just that I'm thinking about, you know, how Twin Peaks launched so much of what we consider like prestige TV yeah. nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know lots and lots and lots of people have drawn the connection to Lost. Mm-hmm. And it's like, look what happened when people feel felt like Lost didn't stick the, the landing at right. the end. Yeah. It was just like now nobody talks about Lost really other than as like a relic. Oh, yeah. Of a bygone era. Nobody's clamoring for like, you know what would be great if we did a reboot or a a late sequel of? Lost. Right. Nobody wants that. Yeah. My favorite TV show of all time, The Prisoner. Oh, shit. Yeah. Has, you know, there's a a core question at the heart of the show, which is, who is this number one person? What is the village? The question is, what the fuck? Yeah, kind (laughs) of. You know, who is number one? great. What is the village? Where is the village? Who is number six? And you get to the final episode of the show and you kind of, are you going to answer these questions? Yeah. And I think that they get answered to a certain extent. Yeah. But it's not in a way that lets you satisfactorily close the book. Yes. And that's a show that people still talk about and and discuss. Yeah. It has become something of like a cult classic. It is. Honestly, I think The Prisoner is like the last pure cult classic. Because mm. even though it was remade... It was garbage, and nobody nobody cares about that. I was gonna say show. I don't even think I knew it was remade. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't think I've. I don't think Greg and I have finished the Prisoner. Man, last episode of the Prisoner. All right. It's okay. it's like it's gonna it's we it's, have it. We just haven't. It's finished. very 
I don't want to say it's Twin Peaks esque, but it is occupies the same space. Yeah, don't don't say that because my husband will listen to this, even though he doesn't like Twin Peaks. <laughs> and if you say it's Twin Peaks esque, he's going to be like, throw oh, it out he's into gonna, the garbage. He's going to hate the last episode. <laughs> I love it. It's my probably my favorite episode of the series. All but right. okay. Um, but I, I I think the prisoner is like one of the last great cult classic things because it is kind of impenetrable and untouchable um in a way that i think twin peaks is also that yeah where it's just like it it does what it does it doesn't give you an easy way out and it just sits with you yeah and that's what i think is going to make the return now occupy the same space that the original did because you anybody who watches this is going to get to the end and go what the fuck? Yeah. And then you're going to talk about it. Right. And you're going to do say, podcasts wait, about wait, it. Wait, but what about this? And what about this? And what about this? Right. Yeah. 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 Agree. Anyway, that's uh, an hour on Twin Peaks. <laughs> we didn't think we were going to go this long. No, nope, we kept being like, we'll just chat about it for a little while. We'll yeah. say a couple things about the return and then we'll sign off. Yeah. But uh, uh, in, I will say in true, <laughs> true uh, Twin Peaks and prisoner fashion. Yes. Wes and I, we did one of the first podcasts we did uh, after we did the Star Trek podcast is he mm. and I did a, we covered the whole Prisoner series. Oh, nice. And our last episodes <clears throat> that we did, we covered the remake. Oh. And it was six episodes. We split it into three and three. Okay. Um, I lost the recording for the second half. Oh, so if no. you if you listen to the Prisoner sequence series that we did. It's it's unfinished. Ooh. So it ends on a cliffhanger about how we felt about the second three episodes of the Prisoner remake. So in retrospect, I, f- I felt like an asshole when it happened. But in retrospect, Perfect. I'm like, you know what? I think I think that will uh, that that's a, a very fitting way to end that Going show. Full meta. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you guys. Thank you guys for listening to us. In that case, about Twin Peaks. should I end this with a blood curdling <clears throat> scream, or do you think your neighbors would be upset? <laughs> yeah, please, please don't. <laughs> Uh, thank you guys for listening to us blab about Twin Peaks. Uh, if you'd like to help support the show, head over to patreon.com slash the Penske file where you can sign up for the Patreon where Amanda and I talk about the second string of Stephen King movies every month Every month this year. Uh, we got to start thinking about what next year is going to be. Yeah, we're going to need some help. So yeah. join the we'll, Patreon and you get to vote when we come up with ideas. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you, Amanda. Thank you, Clyde. Thank you guys for listening. And uh, we will see you next time back to our regularly, regularly scheduled programming with George Romero's Martin. Be seeing you. Be seeing you.